Hello, welcome to the Preacher Dad Podcast. My name is Jared, and I am the Preacher Dad. I might not be the only one, but there might be somebody else out there who's a Preacher Dad, but that's me. I'm the Preacher Dad on the internet, and you have found the Preacher Dad Podcast, and I also blog at PreacherDad.com, where I would love for you to go over there and check out some of the material we have for you. Um, We are trying to equip and inspire Christians in this country to engage in the culture war and make a difference for the next generation. We blog about everything from parenting to politics, and you can uh, head on over there and check us out. Well, today, folks, I want to talk to you a little bit about condemnation and mostly about fighting condemnation in ourselves. You know, one of the most difficult and prevalent challenges that is facing the 21st century Christian, in my view, is condemnation. Sometimes condemnation is confused with judgment, but it's something that we often do to ourselves, and sometimes we cast it at others. Uh, The former is, in my view, more common. Let me share some scriptural truth with you on the matter. It's from John chapter 3, verses 17 through 20, and says this, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, and he said, For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. This passage is often overlooked. I guess Jesus dropped such a huge truth verse in uh, verse 16 that the rest of it is just overshadowed. This passage may be the second born in the family, but it's just as important as Big Brother John 3.16. You see, Jesus is the condemnation antidote. He clearly tells us that his purpose was not to condemn when he came into the world. Notice he didn't say condemnation wasn't happening, just that it wasn't his purpose. What he is teaching us is this, the antidote for condemnation is faith in Christ. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. It's like condemnation is a poison infecting all humans everywhere, and he came to bring the antidote, the cure, which is faith in his name. Paul says something similar in Romans 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. It's not there. We do not live under condemnation if we are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah! Imagine a condemned criminal that is pardoned. The governor, actually the president fits better, the president signs his pardon and he is legally restored to all the privileges and rights of citizens. His status as a criminal has changed. His identity as a citizen is restored. That is what is meant by the ending of condemnation. Condemnation involves passing a sentence of punishment. The Greek word krino means to distinguish, decide, try, or condemn. 
there is a just condemnation that falls upon the unrepentant sinner. Jesus mentions that the person who loves darkness rather than light is condemned already. It is the violation of God's law that brings about condemnation. However, conviction of sin is something the Holy Spirit brings upon people to stop them from evil, damaging, destructive behaviors or attitudes. It's not the same thing as condemnation. Just because you feel guilty doesn't mean it is condemnation. It could be the Holy Spirit trying to convict you or convince you of sin in your life. Don't run away from that. Lean into it and follow the path of repentance. And don't accuse someone of condemnation or judgment if they are simply telling you the truth in love. If I tell you what the judge has said, I am not casting judgment. I did not set myself up as the judge, just as a faithful messenger communicating what the judge has decided. 2 Corinthians verse, chapter 7, verse 10 says, For godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly grief produces death. It's important for us to understand the difference between condemnation and conviction and to recognize godly grief versus worldly grief. Faith is the victory, but faith in what? I am so tired of generic faith statements, such as, you can do anything if you just believe, but believe in what? My talents and abilities? Bad idea. I cannot dig my way out of this hole. Faith in whom? In Buddha? In presidents or celebrities, political leaders? That's not working out for anyone, trust me. Where do we put our faith? It's faith in His name. And by extension, faith in what He, that is Jesus, what He has done for me. Faith that my identity as a sinner is swallowed up in my new identity as a child of God, delivered and redeemed. This is, in my view, perhaps the most vital key to fighting condemnation in our soul, knowing who I am in Christ. Knowing who I am in Christ. So, you want to know who you are? This is who you are. Romans 5 verse 8 says, But God shows His love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This shows us that we were loved in our sin. We didn't do anything good, and Christ showed the ultimate love by dying on the cross for us. It also shows us that we are worth dying to save. That's who you are. You are worth dying to save. In Romans 8, verse 15, Paul says, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. This tells us that we are sons and daughters of God. That's who we are. You want to know who you are? Galatians 4, 6-7. through 7. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of His Son into our hearts, 
crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. This tells you that you are an heir of God. You are set to inherit the riches of his kingdom. You want to know who you are? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. You are a new creation if you are in Christ. 1 Peter verse chapter 2, verse 9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. This tells us that we are royal. You, you listening right now, if you are in Christ, you are royalty. You are holy. You are a priest. You are his people, a part of his people. You are a proclaimer of the truth. You are one that is in light. You are of those in the light. You're a child of light. That's who you are. You want to know who you are? Colossians chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. Listen carefully, folks. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach. That above reproach literally means unaccused before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven, and of which I, Paul, became a minister. This tells you that you are reconciled, though you were a sinner, though you were doing wicked deeds, though you were alienated from God, you have now been reconciled. You are now holy, which means set apart. It means it means set apart for a special purpose. You are blameless. You are above reproach. Notice in that last verse, again, the connection between faith and freedom from condemnation. It's as if our identity is, rea- is really and actually changed, but we must believe that it is true to make it real in our own experience. Let me say that again so that you capture that. It's as if our identity is really and actually changed, but we must believe that it is true to make it real in our own experience. We must not shift from the hope of the gospel, which is truly that Jesus has done it all. It is his work that makes us new creatures. He has reconciled us and translated us into his kingdom. He has done the work, and that is the, we must not shift from that faith that he has done it. I must believe that he has paid for my sins, and therefore I go and sin no more, as he said to the woman caught in adultery. That woman was standing there, and everyone had left, and he said, woman, who is condemning you? And he said, she said, no one. He said, well, I, I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Just because Jesus delivers us from condemnation doesn't mean that that is an excuse for sinful behavior. 
but it is a, a, the, the way that we are to live, free of condemnation. I must believe that he has changed my identity and that who I am in Christ is totally different now than what I once was. This is the way we fight condemnation in ourselves, by faith in his name. That is the teaching of Jesus, the broader teaching of Scripture, and I hope that it encourages you today to continue to walk free of the condemnation that the enemy would like to bring upon you. Walk in the freedom of Christ. Repent of your sins, go and sin no more, and walk in the freedom of the Lord by faith in his name. God bless you, friends. I hope that you've enjoyed this episode. I hope that you'll uh, subscribe and follow and listen for more. And I hope that we can encourage one another as we seek to follow Christ together. Get Get involved, get engaged. We need everybody in the battle. We are all facing a very serious culture war, and we have to be on his side. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye.